0: Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. About
2: a year after his run, he turned down the money from the oil companies. They said he came out of a bar and he got shot, and that didn't kill him. A couple, three months later, they found him dead in the middle of the desert and they called it a suicide. It was a drugs and alcohol overdose. One of the magazine articles, the reporter said, what do you attribute your inventing skills to? And Tom replied, the fact that I practice kung fu and I won't even take an aspirin.
1: If you enjoy Conspiracy Unlimited, why not become a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus member? For just $1.99 per month, you'll gain access to two bonus exclusive commercial-free episodes per month, plus access to my back catalog of episodes. To subscribe, just go to ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com and click on Gain Access to Premium Episodes. Again, go to ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com and click on Get access to premium episodes, or click on the link in the episode notes. Conspiracy Unlimited Plus for less than two dollars per month. Why not sign up today?
0: Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett, pursuing the truth wherever it leads, exposing evil and corruption, and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett.
1: I met a gentleman, an inventor, who handed me a booklet he's published. It's about a super carburetor the history of its development, and newspaper articles about others who have created the same superfuel injection system. And I read the booklet, which is called 100 Miles to the Gallon Superfuel Injection System. Let me repeat that, because you heard me correctly. 100 Miles to the Gallon Superfuel Injection System. And he says he successfully designed and built such a system... And he wants the world to know such devices can be created. Uh, Now, here's the thing. Not only, he says, can we dramatically increase fuel efficiency, but the fuel these engines burn is virtually pollution-free. No emissions, or no uh, toxic emissions. Uh, There's only one problem, and you can probably guess what that is. Uh, Big oil uh and the uh, the corrupt politicians that do their bidding he says uh, are doing everything in their power to prevent such technology from being mass produced uh and uh, preventing it from coming to market so let's talk about the 100 mile per gallon super fuel injection system Bruce McBurney, how are you? I'm doing excellent, Richard. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. I'm Just sorting through this material, reams and reams of material that, that you sent me, and I'm looking at some headlines from some old newspapers. The El Paso Times, dated 1977, 200 miles on two gallons of gas. Uh, then uh, there, there's another uh, headline here from the Desert News staff, uh, the, the Desert News, uh, pollution-free device powered by amazing fuel, uh, inventors say. Uh, Another one here, Experts Probe Ogle Fuel System. Ogle Fuel System, no hoax. Uh, What's this all about, Bruce? What are we talking about, this super high mileage uh, fuel injection system?
2: Well, I've been hearing these things all my life, and when I was a kid I heard about this guy in El Paso, Texas, and that kind of spurred me on. Um, Basically, there's been many stories of inventors coming out with devices, and they would call them vapor carburetors, And they would get like five times the gas mileage. The guy in Texas was driving a 351 cubic inch Ford Galaxy. And I have 47 different newspaper articles just on him alone. Basically, what they were doing is they weren't just vaporizing the gasoline. I found and actually proved at the university that they were cracking gasoline into natural gas and methanol. And uh, this is why they would get five times the gas mileage, pollution-free, because now they were burning two of the cleanest fuels going, natural gas and methanol.
1: When you say they're cracking it, you mean the molecules uh, or the, the atoms? No, no,
2: not the atoms, the molecules. The
1: molecules. They're yeah. cracking it and yeah, it, creating?
2: It, it, it's like putting an onboard oil refinery on your car, where you're taking that gasoline and refining it down into its finest form, natural gas. Uh, natural gas, propane, gasoline, diesel, they're all the same. They're hydrocarbons and just depends on how long the chain is, depends on what it is. If it's a singular carbon, C1H4, that's natural gas. If it's three carbons, it's propane. If it's six through 12, that's gasoline. 12 through 20 is uh, diesel fuel. And you know that long, stringy grease that they use in the wheel bearings? Well, that can be several hundred carbon molecules joined together in a nice long chain. That's what gives it the string effect.
1: So the idea here is is uh, to burn... to uh, To burn or to heat the gasoline up so that it vaporizes? How does this work exactly?
2: Well, actually, the original things, and if you look at most of the patents, what they said it was a vaporizing carburetor, like uh, boiling or atomizing the gasoline, because gasoline does not burn in a liquid state. If you had a half a can of gasoline and you threw a match at it, it would only be the vapors on the top that burn. The liquid doesn't burn. So they were saying if they pre-vaporized it, they would basically, uh, get this better mileage. But I actually did that and I found well even if you pre-vaporize it, it still will have the same boiling point and when you compress it, it reliquifies. But when you crack it, you change the molecular structure into a lower boiling point fuel that will not reliquify. Like with natural gas, it takes a thousand pounds of pressure to reliquify it, where 200 pounds in a cylinder isn't enough to reliquify, so when your spark fires, the gas explodes and you go all his
1: mileage. 100 miles to the gallon. Now, uh, uh, have you have you recreated one of these?
2: Uh, yes, actually I had a 76 Dodge Maxi van, 360 cubic inch V8, getting between 70 and 80 miles per gallon according to the mileage computer. But it was like the Wright brothers airplane. It proved the principle, but a dangerous piece of crap. And I have no suicidal tendencies, so what I did, I you know, I just couldn't get it to go any further. It's like people say, oh, you can do this, build me a Learjet. Well, it took a long time to get from the Wright Brothers to the Learjet. Sure, sure. And so what I did with this van, because I just couldn't get it to run consistency, I got the head of the chemistry department at Brock University intrigued, showed him a bunch of books and patents, and he actually set it up so we analyzed the gas proving i was making methane natural gas and when we had this done he said oh this is no problem we'll get you a hundred thousand dollar research grant so i waited and waited he never called me back so i called him up i said professor what's happening with the grant he says oh i'm sorry i can't get you a nickel it's not chemistry it's politics (laughs) and furthermore i don't want to be involved in your research i have my health and my family to be concerned with
1: he said that to you.
2: Yes, sir. And at the time, I just thought somebody was sick in the family. But it wasn't until later on that I, because, like, I was very open when he says, Oh, you want to keep this quiet? I says, No, we got to tell everybody. I don't worry about my patent getting stolen. If somebody steals it, at least it gets out of the market. Right. And so you, you so, don't
1: worry about becoming another Stanley Myers?
2: Well, no, I, you know, uh, I, <laughs> i'm a christian if they kill me i'll wake up in heaven (laughs) that's my
1: attitude right right
2: and i had a guy threaten me and i told him that and they can't really threaten me because i'm not afraid to die i'm afraid for what's going to happen for our children if we all have get you know i mean so as i say if you saw somebody shooting your grandchildren in the head you're going to get off your ass and do something
1: well, yeah, because I was going to say, you know, right now with gasoline, uh, you know, just hovering above, what is it, 65, or oil above $65 a barrel, uh, you know, the, the, the cost of fuel may be not set front and center with a lot of people.
2: Uh, no. But
1: you're more concerned about the, the, the pollution.
2: Well, these people that say we don't have global warming but have no idea what a chemtrail is are just morons. Uh, You know, they've been using these chemtrails to spray stuff particulate in the atmosphere to reflect the sunshine back to slow down global warming, and they've been doing it for 10 or 15 years, and in the last 10 years, it's gotten colder, so it works, and people say, you're crazy, and I go, well, I'm crazy, so is the guy who wrote the patent in the patent office then. Because there's a patent on chemtrails, and there it says right in the patent to a reflective material to slow down global warming. Well, why, if we don't have global warming, do we got to worry about it? But we do, and they are worrying about it. They're just not letting anybody know.
1: So this uh, this professor that you approached, mm-hmm. this scientist, uh, he was going to offer you $100,000. Well, that... he
2: was going to try and, and
1: get me right. $100,000. And that quickly know. disappeared. I mean, yeah. have... have you know, with the old Stanley Meyer story, where oh, people yeah. showed up and, and, and tried to buy it from them. Has anyone from Big Oil tried to buy your, uh, your superfuel injection system and, so they could put it on a shelf somewhere?
2: No, actually, years ago when I went to the government and I was talking to the people in the Ministry of Energy and the Ministry of Natural Resources, and they had me go through and talk to all these PhDs, and they knew what the hell I was talking about. Then they said to me, well, what do you want to do with the technology? And I said, looked at them, they're crazy. I said, well, I want it on a market. I want my children to have air to breathe, and I don't care if I don't make five cents. Well, that was the end of our conversation. I couldn't be bought.
1: Bruce McBurney is with us, and... Uh uh, we should tell people how they can get a hold of your uh, secret super high mileage report. 100 miles to the gallon, 3 liters per 100-kilometer super fuel injection system. We're heading into a break, but before we do that, Bruce, tell us how we can get a copy of this.
2: Well, my website is himacresearch.com. Spell that. Him, Acre, Search. Him, Acre, Search is all the same way it comes to uh Himac, H-I-M-A-C, and the word research.com. And uh, not only I made my book money back guarantee for twenty dollars. I've sold over twenty six hundred copies and had only two refunds. I put ninety five percent of it on the book for free, and that's where things got interesting for me.
1: And uh, could anyone using this? I mean, is there? there I mean, there, there there are lots of articles in here, but no schematics really. I mean, is it possible to, to build one of these super fuel injection systems based on this report? Yes, and I've had people that bought the books and had more talent and money than
2: I did, and they have them built. But well, the one guy sent me a picture of his pickup truck doing 75-mile-a-gallon, but he said, this is for your eyes only. I don't want the men in black showing up at my house 2 o'clock in the morning.
1: Now, if you were to, is this just a case of modifying an existing internal combustion engine, or do you have to? You-
2: well, it's a major refit on the fuel system, because what you're doing is basically re- building an onboard re- uh, refinery right. using the heat from the exhaust right. to help break the fuel down. It's a process called thermal catalyst that are cracking I say to people if you read my book and you don't understand get any encyclopedia read out the section on oil refining and all the light bulbs come on for everybody
1: alright listen we'll take a time out uh, and come back and continue to discuss the secret super high mileage report imagine 100 miles to the gallon 3 liters per 100 kilometer super fuel injection system inventor Bruce McBurney with me my name is Richard Serrett don't go away Reduce stress and enhance your immune system. ESS-60 from C60 Evo. C60 is the carbon 60 molecule known to deliver more than 172 times the power of vitamin C, 172 times. ESS-60 is the purest form of C60, a known antiviral, antibacterial, and anti-inflammatory remedy that works. ESS-60 neutralizes free radicals from cell metabolization and external toxins to help minimize inflammation and maximize detoxification. Further, people report better sleep, more energy, and renewed mental clarity when they take our ESS-60 Organic Oil. To order your miracle molecule ESS-60, click on the C60 Evo link in the episode notes for this podcast or go to c60evo.com Richard-Serret. c 60 evocom richard serret e60evo.com/slash-richard-serrett. Buy now and save 10% by using the coupon code EVRS at checkout. Again, use the coupon code EVRS at checkout.
0: The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Then, it is violently opposed. Finally, it is accepted as self-evident. Let me just
1: read that again. I don't know what that means.
0: Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard
1: Serrett. And we're back with Bruce McBurney. How did you get into this, Bruce? How did you uh, start uh, researching this super fuel injection system? And, and, and um, I know that you, you, you invent a lot of uh, different uh, things, but how did you get into this area specifically?
2: Well, I'd heard of this story from about Tom Ogle years ago. I was working electrical motor mechanic in a shop, and a guy from Scotland got his paper from back home. Well, it was in his paper. It was in the Hamilton Spectre paper, but it wasn't in the Standard or the Niagara Falls paper. But... Then years later, I was out shopping with the wife, and I see this Farmers Almanac magazine. So I'm looking through it, and there's an ad for this book, Secrets of the 200 Mile Per Gallon Carburetor. Well, this is a Farmers Almanac; it's not the um, rag sheet tabloid, you know, whatever they call them, that'll print anything. The Farmers Almanac's been around for a hundred years. I thought it had integrity. So I bought the book, and it listed, and it showed all these patents on these vapor carburetors, and. I just wanted to find out the truth, so I just started building and playing with it myself. I've been fixing and playing with things since I was a kid, Uh, and you know, when I was 16 years old I did TV service calls on my own, and I've just been fixing stuff, and I just wanted to find out, so I started building things, and I thought it was just a vapor carburetor. And you ask 100 mechanics what the boiling point of gasoline is, and they don't have a clue. Well, this is to boil that gasoline. Well, they, you know, but uh, then you do all this. I did all the research trying to find out the boiling point, and that's when I started understanding the idea of breaking it down.
1: Is it possible, rather than, than, than heating it and creating a vapor, could you not? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back to Stanley Meyer's water engine, and, and uh, a number of people have tried to recreate that, but uh, I spoke to an electrician, an electrical engineer, rather, uh, down in uh, Long Island who was working on his version of Stanley Myers water engine and he was essentially cracking these water molecules with a uh, some sort of a electronic wave form like I believe he called it a square pattern or something
2: yeah it was a square wave pattern Uh, it was a frequency hitting the resonant frequency right could you do it that way no uh, basically uh, mine was uh, just a fuel cracking system using the heat and and taking the vaporized gasoline and water
1: isn't that volatile though and dangerous?
2: Uh, well, I, I did all mine very safely. I mean, I was running at seven pounds, but before I did it, I heated it up as hot as it would go and I pressure tested it at a hundred pounds with an air compressor. So then I was running it with seven pounds of fuel. So, you know, I mean, it was, you know, quite a heavy duty unit. I do things quite safe, but I had fire extinguishers and everything around. But, yeah, there was an element of danger, and then I realized that, you know, I, I just didn't have the brains or the financing to take it any further than what I did. I knew that it was possible, and I thought, well, if I put a book together, your mother-in-law can read and understand that eventually I, you know, would get some help. And I also knew that this had been suppressed before, so I wanted to make it a little bit of an insurance policy that, you know, the information was out there, at least, you know?
1: What, what, whatever happened to uh, this Ogle gentleman... Uh, that's written about in uh,
2: various um, newspapers. About a year after his run, he turned down the money from the oil companies. They said he came out of a bar and he got shot, and that didn't kill him. A couple, three months later, they found him dead in the middle of um, the desert, and they called it a suicide. It was a drugs and alcohol overdose. Um, he And I actually sold one of my books to went to high school with Tom, Because, you know, this guy was in El Paso, and he grew up with Tom in high school. And then years later, he was on the Internet, and he found all my information. So he got a book, and we were talking, and he says, yeah, Tom was very straight. He didn't do drugs. In fact, one of the magazine articles, the reporter said, what do you attribute your inventing skills to? And Tom replied, the fact that I practice kung fu, and I won't even take an aspirin.
1: Ah, this is Tom Ogle we're talking
2: about. Yeah, Tom Ogle. They say he died of a drug and alcohol overdose.
1: So he was suicided.
2: Yeah, suicided. That's a good term for it.
1: And and you said Big Oil approached him. How much did they offer him?
2: Uh, according to the newspaper article, it was $25
1: million. Twenty, and he turned it down?
2: Yeah. Well, I have a friend right now that's sitting in a Montana jail, and his website's Gadget Man Groove, Ron Hatton, he t- turned down $40 million last year, and they put drugs on him, and he's been in jail ever since uh, February
1: but was he was he trying to yeah, patent the same model. type of
2: device? Well, he he did get a patent on it. It's it's a different thing, and it's not the hundred mile per gallon. It's just a small modification they make to the carburetor throttle body. If you go to GadgetMangroove.com or on YouTube, he's got Gadgetman Global is his handle, and he's got all kinds of it, testimonials people that have gotten fifty percent and doubled their gas mileage. You know, some cars it don't work on, and some cars it works really great on. It's kind of a... It depends on your intake manifold. But, um, yeah, the guy was out there for three, four years, and he was teaching other people how to do it, and they just pulled the rug right, wolf, you know, rug right on from him. And he's not the first. It was another guy, and, well, he just passed away last year. The Alan Caggiano story, he had a website, get 113 to 138. and Miles per gallon. Miles per gallon. He was driving a Dodge Coronet station wagon, and uh, they framed him for drugs. He proved the drugs weren't his, but they got him on a weapons charge. He did ten years in jail.
1: Can I uh, just uh, read? There's a um, a letter here from a chemistry professor at the at Brock University. Can I? Just... Yeah, that's
2: a professor that I worked with. But that letter was written after the fact. He was threatened only because I kept pestering him, and the letter is very
1: wimpy for what he knew okay let me just read it here this is from brock university. It's on brock university letterhead to whom it may concern mister john bruce mcburney of niagara falls ontario has worked alone for a m- number of years to design develop and test a novel automobile carburetor in this carburetor gasoline aerosol produced conventionally is converted to gasoline vapor with the the use of heat generated in the operation of the automobile engine the gasoline vapor is mixed with water vapor and passed through a heated iron catalyst bed for conversion into lower molecular weight hydrocarbons and carbon monoxide. The lower molecular weight hydrocarbons and carbon monoxide serve as the fuel within the automobile engine. In his test vehicle, Mr. McBurney was able at able at will to switch from normal operation to operation of the vehicle with hydrocarbon and carbon monoxide fuel. It goes on and on and on. And then it, it says... I have helped Mr. McBurney and will continue to help him scientifically, techni- technologically, and financially because of the great benefits that his invention, if it is successful, will bring to society which is currently plagued by inefficiency and serious pollution. Signed, E.A. Cherniak, Professor of Physical Chemistry, and that's dated June sixteenth, 1989. That's Brock University. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this was after, he I mean, he wrote this letter, but th- this was after he told you I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about the health of my family. Yeah,
2: so when he says, I'm worried about my family, I says, Oh, I'm sorry, Professor. You've got to look after your family, but, you know, uh, we've done a lot of research, you know, and then I left him alone. Then I called him back months later to see how things were going and, you know, kind of getting the bums shuffle. And I said to him, Well, okay, I understand you don't want to work it, but we did a lot of work. Can I get you to do a letter of rec, you know, just to say what we did? Because we, see, we, he says, it should be given the opportunity. We had analyzed through gas chromatograph and ultraviolet a spectrum analysis, proving I was making natural gas. And when he said, when we had both of them done, he said, "This is scientific proof. You're onto something. We'll have no problem getting you a hundred thousand dollar research grant." Well, then after they threatened it, I kept calling them back. Oh, could we get just get a letter, you know? And I'm a persistent little fellow, so I kept calling them back. And so he says, "Well, I guess I guess I could do something." Well, the test was done in December of 87. It wasn't till June of 89 the letter was written. I didn't get the letter till the fall of 89. And in the meantime, all this time, I got screwed around by the patent office. Because when I filed the patent in November of eighty-seven, uh, they said, "Oh, you got two years under a caveat to file your patent." Well, I, you know, I got all depressed because I couldn't get anywhere; it was hitting your ball, head against a brick wall. Right, right. So it was finally a year and a half later. I go, "Oh, well, I'm going to go ahead and pursue the patent," and they come back and they says, "Oh, sorry, well, we changed the law, and the, you only had one year." But at the time I filed it, I had two years, they changed the law, they never told me the law. And then I went up and I appealed it, drove all the way to Ottawa, appealed it, I went in with a bunch of books and a stack of patents, and the, pa- the guys come in and they're looking at all my stuff. And it turns out, they're the guys on the tribunal, I present my information, they go, oh, well, you've got a very solid case, we'll give you our decision in two weeks. Two weeks later, sorry, nope, can't do it, screw you uh... you have the option of going and filing to the supreme court well i didn't have the kind of money to go to the supreme court now if you're a criminal you can get all kinds of money from legal aid but if you're a homeowner you can't get any money without them putting
1: a lien on your house so where are you at with this now bruce have you pretty much given up on this or no
2: i I just keep saying one of these days i'm gonna find people that care and i'm gonna help uh, get the financing out and i've got a lot of other people fired into this stuff and uh, the word's getting out. People are realizing, you know, that th- technology and things can change. And- could they
1: just, could I take a, a, I mean, I wouldn't want to, you know, uh, take a brand new car and have this, this, uh, Adjustment made because I'd, I guess I'd probably, uh, you know, void the warranty. I don't want to work
2: on a brand new one. I always, I would go and buy a a Junker and play with it. Exactly.
1: I mean, could anyone buy a Junker, take it to a garage, hand them your secret super high mileage report and have it made? No. Why not?
2: Because most, that was the reason why I wrote the book. It's like I can explain to you how to build a refrigerator. But if they shot the guy who invented the refrigerator years ago and we were all using ice boxes, you'd spend 35 to 50,000 dollars building that refrigerator that would break down in 3 months. But because it's mass produced, you can go and buy one for 500 bucks and it'll run 10 or 15 years.
1: Right. That's the idea. You need you need these to be mass-produced, otherwise it's not economically feasible.
2: Well, who's going to spend $10,000 on a carburetor with all the prototyping and everything to save $5,000 worth of fuel?
1: Right, that's what it would cost.
2: Yeah, well, I, 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 I don't know what it would cost in the final thing. I know when I did my van, I spent a few thousand dollars in about three months of my time, and I just had, you know, a piece of crap like the Wright brothers. But it did prove the point. And I didn't know now that, hey, this can be done, but I and at the time I thought it was a control issue. I was thinking you need a computer control, and I didn't have the techno technology and or you know even the price for what a computer was back then. Now things are changed. you can get a PLC for two hundred and fifty bucks to you know do something like this if you had a decent programmer. But I can't afford that. I've just basically, uh, you know, I...
1: Is 100 miles to the gallon, is that that about the upper limit? Let's say you were to put one of these on, a, let's say, a smart car. Could you get 200 miles to the
2: gallon? Oh, no. A smart car would basically get uh, about 350.
1: 350 miles to the gallon? Well,
2: in 1936, there was a guy in Winnipeg doing 200 miles per gallon. And uh, there's an article, uh, oh, what it was, I'm trying to remember the year, 1973, I think it was, the Shell Mileage Marathon car went 369 miles per gallon in a 2,500-pound car. Oh, my. Yeah, the the, the the mileage record is something around 8,000 miles per gallon.
1: And I'm guessing that all of the automakers know that this is possible, and uh, they're essentially... Yeah, well, well, they're, they're not going to well, budge because it's controlled by
2: the oil companies and the drug companies and the same people and the bankers. And it's all controlled with the oil. And this, I have one CD-ROM that a fellow put together because he went through my website and in my website there's an re- article called "Research for the Scholarly" that this other fellow wrote, and he couldn't get it published. Well, it was explaining the hundred mile per gallon, and it lists 569 different patented fuel saving systems. Now, many of them are bought up by the oil companies. Now, if it doesn't work, why would you patent it? On average, it takes one year's salary. It don't matter 1919 or 1969, whatever the average one-year salary is about right. what a
1: patent costs. Precisely. Listen, Bruce, we're, we're out of time, but we've, we've got to talk about this again very in the time that remains very quickly. How do people get a copy of the secret super high mileage report?
2: Go to my website, com, or you can call me. My phone number is 905-358-8541. I just take the time, I explain it to anybody that calls, I just want the truth to know, I get people fired up, they're out there telling other people, and one okay. of these days, this got to get out there.
1: All right, well, we'll do our part as well, and we'll have you back on. Thank you so much for this, Bruce, absolutely fascinating.
2: Oh, you're quite welcome, and i got a lot of other things I've learned, uh, just because I shared that out, that we, we amazing help things.
1: <laughs> Rest assured, we will talk. Bruce All McBurney. Right.